0: Giants fans have been clamoring for a star and for players to get attached to for such a long time, and understandably so. And guess what? They might have one of those guys in the form of Patrick Bailey, who just took over this game defensively last night and led the Giants to a key victory. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score, and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there. Please hit that subscribe button wherever you are uh, if you're enjoying this show. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And where we start today is just discussing how Patrick Bailey, at least defensively, is looking like a star player in this league. I don't use, I don't make these comparisons lightly. And you may have, you've probably heard left and right people comparing him to Buster Posey, which I have not done one single time. And I'm still not going to do it. I'm not making a comparison to Buster Posey today. I'm making a comparison to Yadier Molina. Just a guy who just comes up and just looks like he's head and shoulders above the rest defensively. I think it's just, it's... I don't see the Posey, honestly, Bailey is being, Posey was good defensively, but Bailey reminds me defensively of Yachty or Molina. Not that they, you know, their actions and movements look exactly the same, but just a guy who comes up and makes such an impact defensively at such a critical position that it just changes the, the team and, and the games in which he plays. And, My goodness. I mean, we're seeing that kind of an impact defensively from a guy who's 24 years old, a rookie, uh, and he's played 56 games with the Giants now. So in case you missed it, Bailey, he didn't even start this game. And, And before I forget, Blake Sable started behind the plate, and he's looked like he's improved a lot as the season has gone on. And he threw a guy out at second base with a really quick pop time himself. But Bailey kind of came in for defense because the Giants had a lead and he threw a runner out stealing second base from his knees it was the tying run with nobody out in the eighth I think uh stealing trying to steal second with Corbin Carroll such a dangerous hitter at the plate so if that guy gets to second with nobody out and Corbin Carroll at the plate D-backs are probably tying the game you know or more and instead Bailey just like from his knees, throws him out kind of with ease. And so that was incredible in and of itself. But then the game ends with Bailey picking off Geraldo Perdomo from first base on a back pick on a pitch with, you know, that's a tying run on first. And you've got Christian Walker, who's the, you know, the D-backs have a few dangerous hitters, but he's probably their most dangerous and bigger, biggest power threat at the plate. Two outs in the ninth. Sean Mania is on the mound because, you know, your normal late inning guys have been used a lot recently with all these extra inning games and Alex Cobb having to miss a start because of being sick, blah, blah, blah. But so you've got Sean Mania lefty on the mound with a dangerous righty power bat at the plate. It's, you know, I've talked about how the underlying numbers for Mania have been actually really strong for the last couple of months, but. At the same time, it's a dangerous situation. And for all we know, in another universe, uh, Christian Walker hits a go-ahead two-run homer or a gapper that scores the fast Geraldo Perdomo from first. But Bailey just took it into his own hands and said, nah, this game is over right now. You're not even going to get a chance to do anything at the plate, Christian Walker. So a pitch comes in from Manaya and Bailey just so quick... The quickness is just unbelievable in terms of from the time he catches it to the time it's out of his hand, both on throws to second and on that pick to first. And Sarah Langs of MLB.com, the great Sarah Langs, tweeted out that uh, the pop time and pop time, in case you didn't know, is the time from when it hits the catcher's mitt, so the pop of the glove of the catcher's mitt, it's not actually measured as the time it hits the glove, because the glove can be, like, in front of the base, behind the base, in terms of the throw, like, when it gets to, in this case, first base, they measure it as when it, like, reaches the base, because they can measure... You know, it's like home run distances measured by StatCast. They're not actually measured to where it lands. It's measured to where it would have land if it didn't hit anything, if it just like hit flat ground and it was not impeded at all. So that's how we measure pop time so that we're not saying, OK, well, this guy caught it way in front of the base. So that's shortening the pop time or he caught it behind the base. So it's lengthening the pop time. So anyway, the pop time was 1.39 seconds from the time it hit Bailey's glove to the time it arrived or would have arrived exactly at the like middle or front, I don't know, of the first base bag. But it was a perfect throw in terms of accuracy. It just was right, you know, ground level into the glove of Lamont Wade Jr., who slaps the tag on Perdomo, and he's out. 1.39 seconds, tied for the fastest pop time to first since StatCast started existing. So, like, nobody... In That was in 2015, by the way. So this is the ninth season of StatCast, and nobody has ever had a faster throw, according to StatCast. And by faster, I mean quicker to the base than the one we just saw last night from Bailey. And it's the fastest pop time to first on a successful first base pickoff in that span. So the ninth season, a guy getting thrown out There has not been a faster pop time to first. And so that's incredible. And Bailey's done the same kind of stuff to second base. I don't know that we've seen like the fastest in the StatCast era, but he ranks second in pop time, average pop time to second base. JT Real Muto is excellent with pop times and he ranks first, but Bailey is second. And Bailey is also second in catcher framing runs, according to StatCast, with eight runs. And he's caught uh, 400 fewer pitches than the guy who's first by a couple of runs. And his strike rate on borderline pitches is 53%, which is second in baseball, only behind Joey Bart, actually, this year, who was first when he was in the league. And the league average, by the way, is 46.4%. So Again, Bailey getting 53% strikes on kind of borderline pitches and the league average being 46%. So when I say, you know, Patrick Bailey is a star, I I mean, according to fan graphs, the wins above replacement, which obviously factors in defense, 2.1 in 56 games, which is a pace of over six per 162 games, six wins above replacement, which is star level. Um, I'm not saying he could keep it up, but defense, man, it's, it's not like, you know, unsustainable hitting. We're just seeing it consistently defensively from Patrick Bailey. And overall, the offense has actually been a little below average, a 90 weighted runs created plus it's actually, it's right around average for catchers, but he's done it all with the glove. And that's the Odier Molina like so far, the bat look has been impressive to me but he's cooled off significantly offensively. Expected numbers, he's been robbed a few times, so expected numbers are better than the actual numbers. But still, to play at a six-war pace when you're trending kind of below average offensively just speaks to how great he's been defensively. So I'm glad the Giants have this guy. People were mad when they drafted him. Well, they're not mad now, I can tell you that. Anyway, Coming up in just a minute, I want to get back to the trade deadline. Yesterday, I gave my full thoughts. I've had a day to kind of sleep on it. I want to give you some more analysis of the deadline and try to explain why the Giants ultimately decided to stand pat. We will get into it momentarily, and before we do, this episode is is brought to you by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is now offering up to a 100x payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and you just simply pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. Do you think Wilmer Flores, who's been like red hot, almost matching Shohei Otani in OPS over the last two months, which is just bonkers, do you think he's going to hit another home run, smash more on homers? Do you think Ellie De La Cruz, the exciting young player on the Cincinnati Reds, is going to steal another base, head to the Reds game, and smash more on steals. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also have safe and fast withdrawals. Use promo code On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, here we go. I do want to get into the trade deadline a little bit more. We've had, obviously, almost 24 hours to think it over, to let it sink in. If you want my full instant reaction, check out yesterday's podcast. Um, But the Giants did very little. They acquired AJ Pollock, which was an exceedingly minor seeming move. But, you know, honestly, my honest opinion is the more I've thought about it, the more I understand why they didn't do much more than that. Even though I talked about it yesterday, I have even more thoughts today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow. We're going to be breaking down a critical game. I thought this win last night was really, really key for the Giants uh, to pull off and they came back. And so now this series is tied up and you've got Logan Webb going tonight And the Giants play the D-backs tonight at 645 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. Yeah, huge win, by the way. Crawford, a huge home run. Luis Matos, a huge double that set up the game-tying home run. He had a huge double that kind of went under the radar in Sunday's game as well. So the 21-year-old Matos, along with Patrick Bailey, It this is part of the what I'm talking about when I say, like, taking a step back is understandable their behavior at the trade deadline. Now, I just want to be clear like, part of I talk about the giants every single weekday for like over four years, pretty much, you know, some days off, sick days, whatever, but over a thousand episodes. And so, I'm constantly talking about the giants. I get tons of mailbag questions about trades, etc., etc., and so you can get kind of wrapped up in just like this player would make sense. That player would make sense. And then like the the ebbs and flows of a season and the fact that the Giants didn't play well in July, it's easy to get like overly emotional. But I think if you take a step back and look at the state of the roster, it's understandable that they didn't do much. And I'm going to explain why. And I'm also going to double down on what I said yesterday. It was a dud of a deadline overall. The moves that did get made, Like, if you want to say they should have got Justin Verlander, I'm here to tell you it would have required giving up a player of like, you know, Luis Matos or Patrick Bailey or Marco Luciano, a, you know, a a healthy Carson Wisenhunt maybe, but he isn't healthy. And so, and also all these guys, Verlander, Scherzer, Eduardo Rodriguez, they all had no trade clauses. Rodriguez rejected a trade to the Dodgers because he wanted to be closer to family on the East Coast. So it wasn't going to happen. I I said Rodriguez was my top fit. And I also really liked Tommy Edmond, but he didn't get traded. And so if you look at the guys who did get traded, I don't see the fit of you know, people say like Jack Flaherty, look at his numbers. He's he's not been good. I don't really understand the, the Flaherty. The one guy, maybe Jordan Montgomery, so I can understand that. But let me just say this. The Giants are second in the major leagues in ERA for the last three months. Since May 1st, the Giants uh, team ERA, I'm going to pull it up here. I don't have it pulled up. Since May 1st, the Giants team ERA, is number one no excuse me number two in the major leagues behind only who is it the San Diego Padres we're going to find out in just a second uh the Giants team ERA is 3.60 behind only the San Diego Padres since May 1st and look I may be I'm probably going to get accused of cherry picking here I'm just saying they had kind of a rough April. And so, yeah, we could look back. And also, Mexico City happened right before May 1st. Like, literally, May 1st is the game after that insane series. If I could take out, if I could look at the whole season and just pluck out Mexico City, I would, but I don't know how to do that. So, look, May 1st, it's not like that was recently. We're talking three months of baseball. May, June, July. And they're second in ERA at 3.60. And as I posted about on Twitter today, the relievers. If you look at the the reliever numbers since May 1st, and bear in mind relief pitching by relievers, I mean anybody who didn't start. And so it's it confuses people, I think, in some ways, at least sometimes, uh, because they're like, wow, the Giants' bullpen is overworked. But you're talking about even if you use like an Alex Wood or an Anthony Discofani or whoever, Sean Mania, Ross Stripling, if you use like an opener, all of the innings that those bulk relievers like Wood and whoever pitch are counted as relief pitcher innings. And the the inning pitched by the opener is counted as starter innings. And so it it skews the numbers, but Giants pitchers who didn't start the game lead the National League by, like, more than half a run. Their ERA is 2.92 since May 1st. The next closest team at 3.47. And the Giants also, you might say, well, you know, if they didn't have that many innings, it wouldn't matter. But their relievers, i.e., again, non-starters, have the most innings. So they have the most innings and the best ERA. The Yankees are, like, in between the Phillies and the Giants and like three point one seven or something, but I just thought it was eye opening. Such a huge gap between the Giants and the next closest team uh, in the National League since May first by their non-starting pitchers. And yeah, so like it's understandable. It, it a lot of the talk is almost like the pitching is in shambles, but they've they, again second best ERA since May first over the last three months of baseball. Now. It did look like in the last month, in basically since the end of June, I've been very vocal about this. Their offense has been atrocious. and you know i I broke it into buckets like they had zero, one or two runs and over half their games for the last month, basically. And that's just not gonna get it done. But when you look at the roster, what I don't see is where is there an opening to add somebody and what I do see is that they have guys coming back. Like you could definitely say that they had a problem in the middle infield when Brandon Crawford and Tyro Estrada were out. However, a few things happened. Crawford is Ca- Crawford is back, hit a huge homer that tied the game last night and Tyro Estrada is close to coming back. He could be back like on Thursday. He's going to be back in the next handful of days. And they also aggressively promoted Marco Luciano. So he became another option for them in that middle infield mix. And so suddenly, if you're talking about Crawford and Estrada being back, plus Schmidt, plus uh, Marco Luciano... In that mix as well, not to mention, you know, Brett Wisely, who I think has fallen, obviously, pretty far down the depth chart with his performance, maybe not that far, but you've also got Isan Diaz. So you just got a lot of depth. And so if you're talking about a depth middle infielder, I don't see that as a major need, especially with Luciano, who, by the way, we'll get into later, but he was sent down, but not because they just like don't believe in him and he's gone forever, but there's a reason for it. And we're going to probably see him in the not too distant future again. But I mean, you're, I understand they could afford to upgrade maybe at shortstop, but what are you going to do with Crawford and are Schmidt and Luciano solid alternatives? I think Luciano in particular, like if Crawford gets hurt, are you really going to be that upset about seeing Marco Luciano They put their confidence in in him as opposed to like Paul DeYoung. I just, I consistently said I didn't even think DeYoung was a good fit because he only played short and he was just kind of a middling player. And in the outfield, you've got Hanager close to coming back. And you've got Conforto on the roster. You've got Yastrzemski and you've got Slater. And then you add in an A.J. Pollock. I mean where was there room and also who got traded that was an impact player at those positions? Nobody. It just, there. those trades just weren't there. And then obviously you're pretty set at catcher. And so I don't see the opening on the roster. And I also didn't see the players get dealt who would have fit or just were high impact players. Those players just weren't out there. And so you know, getting healthy is like going to be the biggest key. And they are getting healthy. And then their depth is these young guys who have been, I didn't even mention Matos in the outfield. You've got, you're going to have Haniger, Conforto, Yastrzemski, Slater, and you've got a Luis Matos in the mix as well. And Blake Sable's done a pretty nice job. So like, I should have had this opinion before is what I'm saying. Like I get caught up in all the mailbag questions and all that, like, who's the fit, blah, blah, blah. But when all is said and done, getting healthy, which they are, kind of, I don't see where there was room to make a big addition. And I also didn't see a big addition go elsewhere. Those players just weren't out there. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, we are going to discuss the Giants sent down Marco Luciano. I think I I said it was going to be that I thought it was going to be an infielder to go down for Pollock, one of Isan Diaz, Luciano, or Schmidt. And that was correct. It wasn't Luis Matos, as some predicted, but uh, why did they send Luciano down? What is he working on? And also Wade Meckler, exciting news about him and Kyle Harrison. My goodness, that news is very exciting. We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do. All right, here we go. Some minor league updates with some somebody getting sent down, somebody getting called up a level, and then somebody being close to making their major league debut. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. Breaking down any news. There's always news, right? There's Giants are pretty busy with roster moves and all that. And also a huge game. If you win this game, put yourself in position to at least at worst split this four game series with the D-backs who have been scuffling and kind of a kick them while they're down situation. Uh, The Giants play the d tonight at 645 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app search Giants. So, Luciano sent down. I I was bummed about this for sure. Like, I don't want to see Marco Luciano sent down. But I did, I'm pretty sure, mention him as a possible candidate. To me, it was either Isan Diaz, Schmidt, or Luciano. And the thing is, with Crawford back, yeah, you could have had a platoon there. And they still might platoon Casey Schmidt with Brandon Crawford. Uh, But what they want Luciano to do is play some second base in AAA. They want him to get comfortable at second base and become an option there. Although Estrada is coming back. And so I'm not entirely maybe maybe you could have uh, you could have. Tyro platoon at short with Crawford. I, I actually, I, I feel like it was explained in a tweet by Susan Slusser, but I'm forgetting exactly what it was. Now that Estrada is coming back, I'm not entirely sure why they want Luciano to play second. But I also don't think it's a major deal because just because he was sent down doesn't mean they don't believe in him. In fact, the trade deadline speaks more to the fact that they do believe in him because he's, in a, he's a critical component of their depth and that they they clearly trust that if something were to happen to Brandon Crawford you're prepared to go to a Marco Luciano at that spot and so it's not going to be the last we see of him at all of course right and so they're just breaking guys in uh, to the majors and it's not like they've done the send sent down everybody you know Matos has stuck Bailey has certainly stuck Schmidt hasn't been sent down ever since he got called up so it is interesting that they elected to send him down just that versatility helps but anyway I'll be happy when he comes back I was sad to see him go but Crawford is the one who's playing instead of Luciano and he hit the game-tying two-run homer off of Zach Gallon, who's really good the Giants beating Gallon was huge but Wade Meckler Wade Meckler was promoted to AAA, and this is is low-key, like a guy to really pay attention to. He was just drafted in 2022, last year's draft, in the eighth round, 256th pick in the draft. The dude just tore it up this season in high A and double A. He tore it up last season in the complex league and in low A. But let me just say in double A this year, he played in 39 games. He hit 336 with a 431 on base percentage, 450 slugging, a 148 weighted runs created plus strikeout rate of just 16.7%, walk rate around 15%, 14, 15%. Um, So this guy could be be a factor. Uh, He's an outfielder, left-handed hitter. The dude can just hit. The hit tool is kind of off the charts. And he's definitely a guy who could impact the Major League team at some point, if not this year, then next year. And keep in mind, too, that rosters expand from 26 to 28 on September 1st. So we're about a month away from having two extra roster spots. And all these young players, whether it's Luciano or Meckler or whoever— more pitching, whatever it is, you know, no, not optioning Tristan Beck, for example, because you have more spots on your roster. That's coming up in a month. And so that's just something to keep in mind. And lastly, saving perhaps the best news for last, Kyle Harrison. Farhan Zaidi all but said, he actually kind of just did say yesterday when he met with the media that Kyle Harrison is going to get called up basically soon. He obviously... If you didn't know, he was out with a hamstring, a mild or not mild, moderate hamstring strain. Forget which leg it was, but he rested and he made a rehab appearance in in Arizona uh, the other day in the Complex League, I believe, and it went well. He struck out like four of the six hitters he faced, I think, and they're sending him back to Sacramento where he's going to start this weekend, and basically they think that he's just Start to start, meaning if he has a great outing, he's getting called up. And they also asked him, is he going to start or pitch out of the bullpen at the major league level? And Zayde said they anticipate that he would start. Um, obviously, it wasn't concrete, but, you know, there's another example of why, why don't you add like a mid-tier starter? Well, you've got a guy like Harrison. You want those innings to go to him. And like I said, again, it's not like their pitching has been bad. It's been the second best in the majors for the last three months. And all these young, exciting players, and you, you may be the, the best one could be Kyle Harrison. According to a lot of publications and rankings, he is the best one. And we're probably going to get a look at him in the next couple of weeks. And he could be here to stay if he performs. So that's just really exciting and great news. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow breaking down this uh game against the D-backs with Logan Webb on the mound going for uh 2 out of 3 thus far in the in the four-game series. So, it's big. This is this is a big chance to like push the D-backs down and giants are in playoff position and so yeah yeah we'll be giving you the latest tomorrow once again my name is ben Kaspic. check me out on twitter at ben kaspick k-a-s-p-i-c-k if you like this show please consider rating it or leaving a review it helps me out a lot so thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already i can't wait to be with you again tomorrow thanks again for listening you are now locked on giants